Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Coppernewer Path Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wills. The podcast is sponsored by LEO2CEO.com, everything you need to start, grow, or scale your law enforcement business. Today, I'm here to talk to you guys about really something that's more of a philosophy and a concept that you should have on your radar as you're growing your business and what it looks like to uh, create a culture of accountability within your company. Now, you guys maybe have read the book or heard of the book by Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. And when I heard about uh, our guest today and the concept that he applies and the book that he has written that's coming out soon, uh, actually at the time that you're listening to the show, it has probably already been released. Uh, but when I first heard about this concept, I immediately thought about extreme ownership. And so I wanted to lead in with that today because it's likely a book you've also read. And so just like Jocko in the book, Extreme Ownership talks about the idea of taking an extreme level of ownership for yourself and how you can lead up and down in an organization. Uh, This kind of to me is like a sister concept in the idea of accountability and what it means to create a simple framework, a simple uh, concept of accountability within your organization. And so I wanted to bring on my guest today, Jeff Cohen, who is the CEO and founder of C-Level Roundtable. And he's created this concept that he calls Count Onable. And Count Onable is also the name of his book. And we're going to talk about this concept today. So I want to welcome Jeff to the show. Thank you so much, Adam. It's great to be here. And I'm excited to um, to share with your audience and can't wait to hear feedback from them. Yeah, uh, it's exciting to have you on. And, you know, I'd like you to lead us in, I guess, a little bit with um, let's first start with what is the concept of being count onable? Well, let's start out with what it's not. OK, yes. OK, let's do that. So first off, um, I got that. In, in this particular community that we're addressing, most people are from law enforcement. And so they have a concept of accountability. Um, and the reality is, is that accountability gets a bad rap. Because if you think about it, well, when's the last time you heard the word accountable? Probably last night on the news when someone was going to jail or for those that are currently working as um, law enforcement every day. Right. Right. So, you know, being held accountable for some people is kind of like having a gun held to your head. You know, there's no way out of it. There's no freedom there. You are just accountable. You're locked in. In fact, even if you look at the definition in the dictionary, accountability is holding someone responsible. Again, there's that word holding. No freedom. Now, 
listen, I get it's valuable to be able to hold someone's feet to the fire. But what you're not thinking about often is the outcome. You're just thinking about what you want. And so this concept of count onable versus accountable um, has some nuances that are very simple. First off, accountability requires two things. The person that's holding you accountable and the person being held accountable. And then there's what you're being held accountable for. And what's often missing from that is management. You know, Adam, you say to me, hey, Jeff, you're going to be on my podcast, right? I'm going to say, sure, I'm going to be on the podcast. And you leave it at that. Three weeks goes by and I miss it. You were counting on me. I told you, I made a promise, right? Mm -hmm. But you're the one I made the promise to. And if you didn't send me a calendar invite with all of the links and everything that went with that, that would have put me in a position where now I'm accountable to create that. I might have done it right. I might not have done it right. If I missed something, something didn't work. Happens all the time. Now, but it takes two people. On the other hand, being count onable, it just takes one person. Me. I have to know what you can count on me for. I have to be able to say, Adam, you can count on me to be at your show on time, even early, so you have the confidence to know it's a done deal. Now, it also has a flip side. The flip side is, Adam, you cannot count on me to edit this audio. You can't count on me to create a video out of it. Like all the stuff, you can't. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you, that is more important to know than what you can count on someone for. And that's a lesson that's not just for employees. It's for vendors, right? It's for customers. You want to know the most important place it's for? Family. Yeah. I can't tell you how my being count onable and shifting my mindset and being so trained in communication has worked. My wife and I almost never argue anymore because when she triggers me, I'm going through my brain saying, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Don't react. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say to her, hey, honey, you've just triggered the heck out of me. You sure you want to have this conversation right now? <laughs> <laughs> See, here's, here's the thing I really love about this concept because it's a bit of a paradigm shift. And I think that's especially true uh, for, for this audience because in law enforcement, I think we get used to thinking about accountability as almost a gotcha moment, right? When when we're looking at our day-to-day -day role at, in law enforcement and investigating crimes and those sort of things, right? The accountability piece is who done it, right? And are you willing to admit that you've done it? And and then in our professional lives, the accountability piece is oops, I didn't follow policy 
quite to the T. And now I've got to go through an internal affairs audit and they want to hold me accountable. Right. So it's almost like this aha moment. And right. So now I've been out now that I've been out of law enforcement um, for for over three years. My my perspective on it is actually um, the day to day of my my children. So, like, um, I think this is the characterization I'm going to try to use if I'm understanding your concept correctly. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But like my kids. Okay. Uh, accountability, of course, is an everyday, all day long thing. They're, they're all young. And, uh, you know, if I walk into the living room and I see a, a blue crayon wrapper in shreds on the floor, uh, and my son has blue crayon dripping from his chin, then I know somebody ate a blue crayon, right? And if I ask him, did you eat the blue crayon? then I want him from a measure of accountability to be willing to say, yes, dad, I ate the blue crayon. Right. Um, and that's our traditional concept of accountability, right? Well, it is, but actually what I think you're pointing to is something allied to accountability. Okay. Which I think is very big in law enforcement mm-hmm. and that's integrity. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so, you know, it's common, it's commonplace. We often um, use words interchangeably, but mean something different, right? Um, And, you know, integrity doesn't have to be an absolute, you know, and it's also integrity about like being on time. Well, it has integrity when you're on time, when you're late, that lacks integrity, but People often look at integrity as like you're saying I'm a bad person that I don't have it versus I'm a good person if I do, mm-hmm. right? Again, integrity lands on me. Do I have integrity? Do you have integrity, right? It's kind of like being count onable. Like when it lands on you and you can say, you can count on me, there's actually pride of ownership. But when someone says you're accountable for washing the dishes, which by the way, there's always something that gets thrown into a job description or a vendor relationship, right? Yeah. At, I'm just about ready to hire you to do some work for me. By the way, can you also wash the dishes? What are the odds someone's going to say no? Oh, I'll say now, no. Right. <laughs> well, you might, but not, but a lot of time people say yes. Right. right. Yeah. And they do simply like because they want the job. Mm-hmm. And you've now, when that happens, set them up to disappoint you. Yeah. And that's how turnover happens in companies all the time. We do a lousy job of helping people manage their careers and manage them up because people, it change, it changes over time what people want to do. Yeah. So no, really great. So the difference between being count honorable and being accountable is being count honorable rests with me. Now, as a manager, an employer, an interested party, I can help you figure out what you're count honorable or not count honorable for. And that's exactly what the book defines a simple process that has you staying on top of all the important priority actions and who is or is not count honorable for them. It's it's not rocket science. And 
it's also not forced. Like this is something you actually get to own. You know, you talk about extreme ownership. I, I think that's a great concept. I think it's important to do it, but there's really nothing extreme about being count honorable. It's just about integrity. And it has a lot of integrity for you to be able to say, I am count honorable for this, but I'm not count honorable for that. It's just not the culture most organizations and businesses find themselves um, engaged in today. Hey, Adam here, just taking a quick break. Do you want to turn your website visitors into loyal fans? I want to let you know real quick about a free guide I wrote that will teach you how to use email marketing to educate and nurture your subscribers. Did you know that email marketing gives an average return of $44 for every $1 spent? If you've tried email marketing in the past and have been unsuccessful, this guide will give you everything you need to get it right and start seeing results from your efforts. Just go to leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide and you can download the guide instantly. Again, that's leo2ceo.com forward slash email dash guide. Back to the show. All right, Jeff. So you left us off um, talking about how we can implement this idea of being count honorable with, within our, our organizations, within our teams, in our company. So what, what do we need to first do when we understand you laid, you already laid the framework for, for what the concept and paradigm shift is from, uh, accountability to actually demonstrating that you can be counted on, but how do we actually implement this with our teams and get our teams to become count honorable? Well, first off, you're extremely well-read, Adam. I can tell because I see start with why above your head. You talk about extreme ownership. So you might know a couple of these books I'm going to mention. Um, okay. There are business frameworks out there that are amazing. Things like um, scaling up and uh, traction that talks about the entrepreneur operating system and you know, a number of systems out there for business owners to use so that they have a structure to work inside of. I didn't have that in 2000 when I started my, my um, software company. And we kind of went, we winged it, right? But today those things exist and they, they go as far as to tell you things like, you need to have the right person doing the right job at the right time. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know anybody out there that would disagree with that. So the $64 question is, how do you know you have the right person? Right. How do you know it's the right job? Yeah. How do you know it's the right time? Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing I would invite your, your audience to do, if they're interested in this concept, is get my book because it's a process and patenting. And I've listed all of it in the book, like every detail. This is what kind of meetings you have with your staff and with your vendors, right? This is how often you have them. This is what you say. This is how you keep track of it. This is how you determine if you have the right person doing the right job at the right time. I actually sh share with you how to do that and what to say, because 
the, the very first chapter in my book um, is about the very, the number one trigger that I have. And when you use it on me, um, I promise I will get defensive and I will spend 20 or 30 minutes of your time giving you lots of reasons why I didn't do something or why it didn't work the way it needed to. I feel like you should have told me this before we started this interview. <laughs> well, I, I feel fact, like I'm at risk right now. What is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> well, and I'll tell you. So here's the thing. Um, it, it, the reality is we all have something like that. Right. Um, the name of the chapter that I'm talking about is called Grand Theft Auto, which I'm sure your um, <laughs> listeners will enjoy reading. Um, and I'm not going to say any more than other than if you're interested in just that chapter, go to my website, countaudible.com, and you can download just that one chapter and get a flavor of the book and what's in it right there. But awesome. I developed that trigger at the age of five. And I have carried it with me my entire life. Every job, every relationship, every boss, um, every partner, like everything. And guess what, Adam? It just doesn't serve me. A lot of those don't serve us very well, do they? <laughs> no. And, and it wasn't until I wrote this book that I actually got enough clarity myself to be able to say to my wife, hey, you've just triggered me. Mm -hmm. You sure you want to have this conversation now? <laughs> and she'll let me clear my head and get my thoughts straight before we have the conversation most of the time. Sometimes she won't. Occasionally those turn into arguments. Um, but often she will. So I, uh, I, I want to shift gears just a, a tad, but I saw in the, uh, the form, the questionnaire you submitted to me, uh, before the show, uh, you mentioned an alignment or a potential alignment with the trust alignment framework. And, and I'm curious about this because, um, when, when I was in leadership in law enforcement, um, a good friend of my sheriff had actually written a book. His name is Richard Fagerlein, wrote a book called Trustology, the art of science of leading high trust teams. And the idea of this book was that uh, trust is not received. It's not earned. I mean, it's given, right? And we have to first decide to give trust to somebody before they can ever actually earn it. And and so I wonder what what is the trust alignment framework and how does that play in with this concept I just articulated and with, with your, within your own framework as well. Sure. Well, there's in the book and you guys also can grab all of these graphics off of um, the count Honorable website. Um, Cause all of the assets to do the program are on the website. So there's three frameworks. There's the trust framework, the alignment framework, and the combination of the two, the trust alignment framework. The trust framework says that <clears throat> you need to have some shared values. You need to know the ability of resources and you need to have effective communication. If you have all three of those things, odds are it's possible you can have trust. And by the way, I agree. The fastest way 
for trust to occur is give it. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Share something you wouldn't look good in with somebody. Uh-huh. And if they bite and you get something back, boom, you've got it. The beginning of a trust relationship. Now, defining that, we'll we'll talk about that another time because what are you actually trusting each other in? That's another story. Mm-hmm. Then there's the alignment framework. And that says that you would have a leader's vision, priority actions, and surprise, surprise, effective communication. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about effective communication. I'm going to give you an example. Showed up for me a couple of weeks ago. I was um, staying at a friend's house. My wife and I are foster to adopt parents. We have a one-year-old. Wow. Beautiful little girl. We're at our friend's house. The wives are out. And we took the girls. He has a seven-year-old in a wagon to dinner. They're both sitting there you know, enjoying each other's company. On the way back, we went to frozen yogurt. Just as we're pulling up to frozen yogurt, I look back and my one-year-old is standing up in the moving wagon, holding the side with this look of terror on her face. (laughs) And I said, hey, stop. My friend stopped. I walked over to her. I calmed her down. And then I said to the seven-year-old, I said, hey, did you notice that she was standing? She goes, yeah, I told you. I said, oh. I said, hmm. I said, can I ask you a favor? She goes, yeah. I said, next time that something like that happens, would you be kind enough to make sure I answer you so that you know I heard you? And she said, just like this, got it. And then heads down on her phone again, playing a game. so my friend was really gracious about this i said hey honey i said i'm just curious what'd you get she sat there for 15 seconds my friend didn't say anything it was fabulous and she was looking at her phone with her head down still but i didn't move and then she picked her head up a few seconds like 15 seconds after i asked and said you said you want me to make sure that I re- that you respond, that I hear you. I said, that's perfect. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful for when you do that. That was the moment that I know it actually sunk in for her. Mm-hmm. Had I walked away, what are the odds that she would have followed that instruction? So got it is a term we commonly use today but it does not denote effective communication. Effective communication, as I define it in the book, is knowing that someone else actually heard what you said to the point where they can repeat it back, along with your commitment to what it was you asked. Got it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think actually you you sort of, um, in that, that story that you just told, you, I think preliminarily already started to answer the the next and last question I want to ask as we wrap things up here. Um, and that is, well, I'll, I'll preface it by saying this. 
uh, going back to my original story about the Quran eating, there's not, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in the world today that maybe didn't get caught eating the crayons when they were a kid and held accountable for it. Right. So unfortunately we're going to, we're going to run into inevitably in this world in an end on our teams, as we build teams, we're going to run into people that we just become very clear that they are not somebody that we can count on. So what, what do we do in that situation? Is it, just like what you walked us through there in that example, or is there more to it than that? You know, Adam, it's, it's really interesting because as business owners, we deal with vendors all the time that we're counting on because we're paying them. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's always a dance of learning how we can count on someone or not count on someone. Mm -hmm. And even when I use my structure, I, I start using it with my vendors so that I can figure out what can I count on them for because they promise a lot of things to get the contract. And then what can I not count on them for? And the reality is, is if you have a priority action mm -hmm. and to you it's a priority, but it's not a priority to them, it's going to get pushed out week after week after week. Yeah. Then you have to decide, is it a priority to me still? Maybe it is. It's if Obviously, it's not a priority to them if you talk to them about it every week and they keep pushing it out. But what happens is most people don't have a structure in place to manage that. And what I call management, some people call micromanagement. And the last story I'm going to share with you is... Um, in 1980-ish, Ronald Reagan signed the SALT agreement with Mikhail Gorbachev. Mm -hmm. And in a speech he made with Gorbachev at his side, he said, Mikhail, we are going to trust you that you're going to eliminate all of these nuclear weapons. And then we're going to send teams of people in and verify that they're gone. Now... Adam, what most people don't have is a verify system. And I created a very simple verify system that lets you manage promises, not people. Because managing people is a lot like herding cats. You'll never get them all rounded up. Mm -hmm. However, if I promise you I'm going to be on time, that's a promise that we can actually manage. I either was or I wasn't, right? It's it's finite. So I think that's something really critical people can get, and it's a real game changer. I love it. Yeah, I mean the the, the follow up is is absolutely necessary in order to demonstrate that level of accountability. Well, I Jeff. Uh, this has been awesome. Um, looking forward to your buck coming out as the time we're recording this, it is not out yet, but, uh, you know, you and I were looking at the production calendar before we started recording. And at the time that this comes out, it will have just been released. Uh, June 14th, I think is what, uh, the date. The That's our target date right okay. now. Yes. All right. So, um, the book should be released by June 14th, so do check that out. I assume it'll be on Amazon and all the normal places you would find a book. 
Yeah, it'll be on Amazon and Kindle. That, that's the initial launch. And we're um, doing everything we can. So we're able to say it's a number one bestseller. So I invite people two things. First, if you're interested in the things we're talking about, you want to learn a little bit more about the methods, the process, all of that, um, come to the countonable.com and let me just spell it for you so people get it because, right, it's a little bit of a play on words. So it's countonable, C O U N T O N A B L E.com. And there you can download the first chapter of the book. Um, if it's something you want to implement in your environment, we'll have uh, some options for you to do that in. Um, and if it's something where you'd like to talk to someone, either me or one of my um, teammates, we'll be happy to set up a conversation that you can uh, put some time on our calendar so we can chat with you. Awesome. And uh, what is the best place to connect with you? Uh, are you on social media, anything like that? Absolutely. So here's the thing about Jeff Cohen. There's about 2 million Jeff Cohens in the world. <laughs> If you just type Jeff Cohen into your search engine, I might be difficult to find. However, I am the only one associated with being Count Onable. I was on Shark Tank. I'm not the only Jeff Cohen that was on Shark Tank, but you can certainly find me that way. And um, But I've got Instagram, I've got uh, LinkedIn, and maybe Adam, we can put some of those links in the notes for people. We, Yep, we absolutely will. In fact, uh, and we'll link to uh, where you can go on the website in order to check out a chapter of the book as well. Jeff, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you for sharing the concept of being account honorable with us. Um, I hope it, uh, it resonated with someone here today that's listening. Well, I'm sure someone picked up on that first chapter name, Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Like if that doesn't pique the attention of people that are in law enforcement, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Jeff. We'll catch you guys all on the next episode. Thank you, Adam. It's been great being here. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other compreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.